well, I've got like three messages rolling around in here somewhere. So, so it's like, Lord, just exactly what you once said today, Lord. Every, I approach every Sunday one is, you know, um, I was at a at an office the other day and talking to someone, and and they found out I was a pastor, and they asked a question. Well, where do you, where do you get all your sermons? I'm like the Lord? <laughs> I don't know. He thought I guess thought maybe he thought it might have been one of them preachers that go online and buy sermons or something. I don't know. I'm sure I, I can't understand how a pastor would do that. But anyway, that's between them and Jesus. But but um, but my heart when I approach each week, one is. I want to. I want to see you the way God sees you. Amen. I, I look at. Um, I'm, I'm responsible for your souls. Um, I, I take great responsibility in spending time with the Lord to hear on what we need. And um, and so I always ask the Lord, "Is like you love them more more than ever? I more than I could love them. So what do you?" What, what do you want for us today? What, what's, what's on your heart for us today? And just praying over this week, and I, I'm going to tying this into I promise. And um, just had these three words rolling around in my heart. And one, one word is fruitfulness. One word is fulfillment. And another word is fullness. Fruitfulness. Fulfillment and fullness. That's what God desires for each one of us. You know, this is a year of abundant overflow. This is what he has for for us. You know, last week I, um, I, I ministered in the 9 a.m. service and Dr. Seville, man, what an amazing message he preached in the, you know, in the second service last week. I encourage you to go back and listen to that and dealing with several things. But what stuck out to me most about, about not being complacent. And, um, and in, in the nine o'clock service last week, you know, if you were here, I, I talked about that we too, too have too much of a tendency to do a do it yourself kind of attitude. I, I, I do just do it myself. But the thing is, as believers, as children of God, we're never meant to do it in ourselves or do it in our own ability. Amen. Anytime I've tried to do it in my own ability. <laughs> whoa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Did not turn out well. But it's, it's, it's in it's understanding the importance of our relationship with him. See, he desires the, the fruitfulness. He desires fullness. He desires fulfillment in our lives. That's his heart. And, and going back to the blessing that we've, we've talked about in Numbers chapter 6, where, where it said, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious towards you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Man, give you peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. If God's given you his peace, there's fruitful. that's fruitfulness. If, if you have peace, then, then that's fulfillment. If you have peace, that's fullness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You know, he says, I wish above all, John talks about, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That this is God's desire to us, that he wants us to prosper. If you're prospering, and that means you're, you're, that you have fulfillment, you have fullness, you have, you, you have everything that you have need of. But he says he wants you to come up and that you would prosper to this, in, in your natural the same way that you would prosper in your soul. 
So that means he wants me to experience fruitfulness, fullness, and fulfillment in every area of my life. The the blessing is all about fruitfulness. The blessing is all about fulfillment. The blessing is all about fullness. So when God said to Abraham, I will bless you, his whole idea was, I want you to be fruitful. I want you fulfilled and I want you to living from a place of fullness, not empty. You know, the, 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 you know, John chapter 15, one of my favorite chapters in, in the word where it says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. And it talks about that. If you abide in me, it said, you will what bear much fruit. So we have to understand that the blessing is, 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 is about staying connected to him. It's about being, it's about being with him. It's about being with him and him being with me. And then the next verse says, it says, if a man does not abide in me, it said he will, he will, he will not bear fruit. So we have to understand that his whole desire for us is, is to be with him so we can experience fruitfulness, fullness and fulfillment. This is his heart for each one of us. This is, this is abundant overflow. Go to Galatians chapter three. Galatians chapter three. So I want to talk about fruitfulness, fullness, and fulfillment. This is a year of abundant overflow. Can someone say amen? Amen. Amen. Are you reading, reading over those prophetic words? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, help me. The Holy Spirit. Galatians 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of times if you're confessing the scripture or you read it, we, we stop there like we think that's the end of verse 14. And we, and we, we praise the Lord and we should. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm glad that Christ redeemed me from the curse. And he redeemed me for the, from the curse so I could walk in the blessing. Right? I've been redeemed from the curse. The curse does not need to be a part of my life. Poverty does not need to be a part of my life. Brokenness does not need to be a part of my life. Hopelessness does not need to be a part of my life. Sickness and disease does not need to be a part of my life. Why? Because Jesus redeemed me from the curse. Yes, before I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I was, I was a partaker of the curse. But now that I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I'm a partaker of the blessing. The blessing is on my life and the blessing is working in me mightily. I'm grateful for that. And it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ. So because through Jesus Christ, the blessing has now come on me. You know what? I don't, it's not about waiting to go to heaven. No, when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I'm now a partaker of the blessing because of Jesus. 
He spread out his arms wide, died on the cross for me. And he was saying, hey, take what I've offered. Take my sacrifice. And as you take my sacrifice, you're receiving everything that I am, everything that I have. And Jesus is saying to us, he, Jesus said, I don't lack anything. There's nothing I don't have. There's nothing I can't do. Whoo. Hallelujah. But we can, we can, well, too often, and, and I'm just maybe speaking for myself, is, is, is sometimes we don't read all of the scripture. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ. Well, this, that, that scripture doesn't stop there. It says this, that, that, meaning this blessing came on us that something would happen. Okay? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, now, now I'm not, I'm not discounting the blessing at, at all because what I'm dealing with is the blessing. Okay. Now think about the, the blessing that came through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. You see, when we fully understand the promise of the spirit, trying to understand the blessing will not be a problem. So the same way that the blessing came upon Abraham, we need to understand that we have the promise of the spirit through faith. Everything that we get from God comes by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith is my key to receive. Faith is my key to lay hold of everything that God's made available for me, right? So the promise of the Spirit. Now we can shout about the blessing, but I want you to come to the place where you shout about the promise of the Spirit. We need to glorify what's on the inside of us more than the things we're believing for. Because when we glorify the one that's on the inside of us, the things I'm believing for have to come to pass. The, the, ble- the promise of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, say I'm not discounting the blessing, okay? I, 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 because this is the blessing. This is the blessing in a fuller measure than what Abraham had it. And I'm not going to have time to get to unpack all this um, about this, but well, Holy Spirit, just go to Ephesians one. Man, just put your hand in your heart and say, "I have the promise of the Spirit." When have you just in your life just had a 30 minute praise break and just thank God for the Holy Spirit in your life? <laughs> I mean, think of the promise of the spirit. Now, this word promise of the spirit here is, is it's a capital S. So it's referring to the person. The promise of the spirit. Now, let's look at this in Ephesians one. Verse 
It says, verse 12 says, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth of the gospel of your salvation, in whom you also, after that, you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now we're seeing this again, that you received through Jesus Christ, you've received the blessing so that the promise of the spirit might come that, uh, that you might receive the promise of the spirit by faith. Now here is talking about, you receive the truth, you receive the gospel and you receive salvation, right? But then what does it tell us after that? It says, <clears throat> it says that, um, of your salvation in whom also after that you believed after that you believed after that you believed. By faith, we receive the promise. So after you received what Jesus did, you received the promise of the spirit by faith here. After you receive the truth of the gospel, your salvation in whom you, in, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Now, let me take it a step further. We have the promise of the spirit by faith, but I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is the first fruits of our inheritance that we've received from God. And it said you were sealed with it. You were sealed with it. The Holy Spirit is not a, an it. The Holy Spirit isn't a something. Yes, sir. The Holy Spirit isn't a goosebump. The Holy Spirit is the very person of God. And it said you were sealed with it. A better, better way to say, say it this way, you were stamped with it. Just like they would take that, that signet, that signet ring and, and they would put that in the wax and they would, they would put on an envelope and, and they would, they would put that, put that, that signet ring in a, in a, um, in the, in the melted wax and they'd put it on the envelope or they put it on a decree or whatever, whatever it was to recognize whose identity it is. And so that's the same thing that when you got born again, after you got born again, you believed you now receive the seal of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the spirit. I don't know about you, but I've been marked by the spirit. I've been marked by the spirit, the Holy Spirit. I have the promise of the spirit. I said, we can glorify God for all things that he's made available. But I think sometimes we forget what a big deal the Holy Spirit is, who the Holy Spirit is. And it is my earnest. It is my down payment. It is my inheritance. It is, it is the, it is the down payment for future glory. It's the down payment of, of my eternity to roll and reign with him. That, that I have that seal on my life that I can roll and reign in this life right now. And it's not in the future. Why? It's my seal. It's who I am. The greater one's living up in me. The promise of the spirit. The promise of the spirit. See, and this is all about fullness, fruitfulness, and fulfillment. Go to Luke chapter 24. <clears throat> I 
Thank you, Father. Constantly praying, Lord, give us light. Give us light of your word. Open the eyes of our understanding. Luke 24, verse 49. In the Amplified, it says, And behold, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised. But remain in the city of Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. Let me read that again. And behold, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised. We're talking about what I promise. So this is a promise from the Father. That I'll send forth upon you what my Father has promised, but remain in the city of Jerusalem until you're clothed, clothed, endued with power from on high. This this clothed is like if you would put on a coat. Meaning it, it, it wraps around you. It surrounds you. So, so this is the promise of the Father. And so go to Jerusalem until you get this. There's a other scripture we could talk about. Jesus, I think it's John 16, maybe verse 7. Jesus says, it's expedient that I go away. In other words, it's advantageous that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come. And Jesus is like, you want this. You want this. Matter of fact, don't go anywhere else until you get it. It's, it's kind of like the, um, maybe like Monopoly, maybe. It's just some of the weird things that come while I'm preaching. You know, $200 before you pass go, meaning don't, don't leave. Don't, don't, don't start going around the board until you get this. Don't, you need this. Stay here. Stay here. Don't go anywhere without it. Why? Because this is the promise of the Spirit. What is it? It's the seal of the earnest of the inheritance. It's the seal. This is going to be your identity. This is going to be your empowerment. This is going to be my Father's seal upon your life to operate in power and authority. You know, and, and too often we just brush aside the, the spirit as tongues. Or we brush the, the side of the spirit of someone falling out under the power. No, that's just, that's just the effects of the Holy Spirit upon a life. The spirit is, 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 is him living on the inside of you. Let me reading here. Look at verse 50. Then he conducted them out as far as Bethany. This is Jesus. Lifted up his hands and he invoked a blessing on them. <laughs> I love that. This, this is Jesus. It says he, he, he was telling them, okay, make sure you go there until, go to Jerusalem until you're endued with power. And then he says this. It says, then he conducted them as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he invoked a blessing on them. Man, Jesus invoked a blessing on them. And it occurred that while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. And they worshiped him, went back to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple celebrating with praises and blessing and extolling God. They were celebrating and praising God for something they haven't quite yet received. 
he invoked a blessing on them. Let's go to, hold your place there, go to Acts chapter 1. What was the blessing he was invoking? Let's look at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says, You have heard of me. For John truly baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will that at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud, received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing upon heaven? The same Jesus which is taken from you in heaven shall so come to you in the like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. So let's go back to Luke 24. It says, then he conducted them out of as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands. He invoked a blessing on them. See, what was the, what was the blessing? I'm going to send upon you what my father's promised. What was the blessing? That you're going to be filled with power and you're going to be witnesses unto Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. That was the blessing. So what was the blessing? The promise of the father. The promise of the father. It was the spirit of God. It was this. It was the Holy spirit that he had already been leading up to this time, instructing them. You need this. You got to have this. This needs to be a part of your life. And I love, I love what it says here. And it says, it says he parted from them. He was taken to heaven and they worshiped him. And they went back to Jerusalem with great joy. Great joy. They were excited that the same thing that was on Jesus was going to be on them. They, with great joy, great joy, great joy. Why? Because we're going to be witnesses. We're going to be clothed with power. We're going to be clothed with God. They worshiped him and went back to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple celebrating with praises Blessing and extolling God. When was the last time you celebrated the fact that the promise of the Father is on the inside of you? Wow. Mm. Man. Celebrating, extolling God. Oh, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful that the, the Holy Spirit will show me things to come. I'm thankful the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that will forget, forbid me to go to this direction, but will tell me to go in this direction. I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit that quickens the words I speak. 
thankful for the Holy Spirit that causes my words to not fall to the ground. I'm thankful the Holy Spirit will always cause me to be in the right place at the right time. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I believe we just need to get back to some gratitude and focusing on the promise of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Don't go anywhere without Him. (laughs) Don't treat Him like He's not there. Why? The the Holy Spirit. Say this way. Holy Spirit is the difference maker. What, what made the difference in, in the lives of the Old Testament? It was when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. Think about when David was playing music in front of Saul, when Saul was tormented by demon spirits, but yet when, when, when David would play music. What happened? The demons would flee. The oppression on the king would flee. But Samson and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. the, The spirit of God is the difference maker. And in this day of great awakening, a day of outpouring, we... We need to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. In a society that's, for the lack of a better word, gone crazy. We have to be spirit-led. We have to be more spiritually minded than we are carnally minded. We need to understand that as believers, you and I need to stick out. Because we have the seal of the promise of the Spirit upon our lives. Go to Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44. I'll read this in the Amplified in verse 1. says, yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord, who made you and formed you from the womb. Who will help you? So, you this. The Lord, who made you and formed you from the womb, is the one that's going to help you. So, the same one that created you is the same one that's going to be your helper. What, what did Jesus say? You know, uh, you know, that I will send a comforter to you. Yes. I will send a helper to you. Yes. A strengthener. A standby. One that will be your advocate. And here he says, the one that created you, the one that formed you from the womb, who will help you? He says, fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Yeshurun, whom I have chosen. Now, now this word Yeshurun or Jeshurun is only used four times in the Bible. And it's used uh, one time in Numbers, two times in Deuteronomy, and it's used right here. And the word Jeshurun means upright. 
And so it's interesting. Why would he use that here? Why would it have any significance here? Why wouldn't he say Israel? Because Yeshurun was a word that was used by God to label Israel. And so the word means upright. So he says, Jacob, my servant. It's interesting. He took Jacob, Jacob meaning deceiver, because Jacob was later called Israel. So if we understand this, that I believe as he uses the word Yeshurun, he's looking at it as future tense. Because the only people that have been made upright are those, those that have been made righteous are those that have been born again. And I could show you other scriptures here, but I wanted you to see that. And why he's using, he's saying, my servant Jacob, but it's not just to the servant of people dealing with old humanity, but I'm also dealing with new humanity. I'm dealing with the new creation. So, thus says the Lord who made you and formed you, who be your helper. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and Jeshurun, the upright one, um, who's also a type of the Messiah, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty... And floods upon the dry ground. Now think about it. So he's talking to Israel. He's talking to these people. And he's saying on dry ground. I'm going to pour water. Where, where there shouldn't be water. I'm going to bring water. Where things are desolate. I'm going to bring life. And then it says this. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring. And my blessing upon your descendants. So I will pour my spirit. So just in the same way that you would refresh dry ground, I'm going to pour my spirit out. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing upon your descendants. Now this, listen to this, and they shall spring up among the grass like willows or poplars by the watercourses. One will say, I'm the Lord's, and another will call himself by the name of Jacob, and another will write even a brand or a tattoo upon his hand, I am the Lord's, and surname himself by the name of Israel. Meaning when the Spirit is poured out upon us. Let me read that again so I can be more clear. I will say, I am the Lord's, and another will call himself by the name of Jacob, and another will write even brand or tattoo upon his hand, I am the Lord's and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his redeemer. Thus says the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. And besides me, there is no God. So what is he saying? The spirit that is poured out on them would also now be their identity. Tattooed in his hand and they, they would have this name. That would be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, this is the, this is understanding that, that what makes my identity today as a new believer is understanding I have the promise of the spirit and the spirit of God is the difference maker. The spirit of God is the difference maker. Go to Isaiah 32. Isaiah 32. Thank you, Father. Verse 9 in the Amplified, it says, Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear 
my voice, you confident and careless daughters. Listen to what I'm saying. In a little more than a year, you will be shaken with anxiety, you careless and complacent woman. <laughs> For the vintage will fail and the ingathering will not come. Now, it talks about a woman here that's been complacent and at ease. And so this person that is sitting back that's complacent is, is waiting for something. They're waiting for the ingathering. They're waiting for the, they're waiting for the vintage. They're waiting for the harvest. They're waiting for, they're waiting for fruitfulness. They're waiting for life. They're waiting for fulfillment. But it said it won't come. And then what, and, and what turns into happening, it said because, and all this is because they're complacent. Verse 14 says, For the palaces shall be forsaken, the populous city shall be deserted, and the hill and the watchtower shall become dens uh, of wild animals, endless, a joy for wild donkeys, and a pasture for flocks, until, say until, until the Spirit is poured out. Meaning, meaning this woman that was desolate, because it was desolate, this city that should have been populous, all of a sudden now it's becoming empty. But it said this would be that way until the Spirit is poured out. Why? Because the Spirit of God is the difference maker. You see, Jesus said to the disciples, go there until you get filled with the Spirit. Why? Because it's going to cause you to be fruitful. It's going to cause you to experience fullness. It's going to cause you to step into fulfillment. Hallelujah. Until the Spirit... Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The spirit of God will lead us into fruitfulness. The spirit of God will lead us and tell us how to walk in the blessing. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I think with the Holy Spirit in you, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't figure out. The promise of the Spirit. The promise of the Spirit. Stand to your feet. Thank you for the promise of the Spirit. Ran out of time. This morning, I want you to to know and leave here really with knowing how valuable the Holy Spirit is in our lives. You don't have to do life alone. You have the Holy Spirit. promise Father forgive us where we've taken for granted this gift Lord forgive us where we've taken this gift of the Holy Spirit for granted this promise thank you Lord we repent where we haven't given the Holy Spirit 
time to speak to us. Well, we haven't put ourselves in the word enough for the Holy Spirit to teach it to us. Jesus told the disciples, he, and those following at that time in John six, he said, the spirit quickeneth, but the flesh profits nothing. The spirit quickeneth. That word quickeneth means to come alive. If you feel like your life is been going the wrong direction or you feel like you're you're far from God know that the spirit of God is what quickens if you're here this morning and you say Pastor Justin I'm born again I, I know I made Jesus the Lord of my life but I, I've never really heard anything about the Holy Spirit but this morning you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit this promise of the Father If you would like to have this seal, this earnestness. Now, I've heard heard people speak from different standpoints about the Holy Spirit. And and understand there's there's two different experiences. In John chapter 1, John chapter 4, Jesus talked to the woman at the well and says says, you know, I would have given you this living water that you would never thirst of again. But yet in John 7, he talks of, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he said he was speaking of the spirit that had not yet been given. Also in John chapter 20, Jesus said, he, they, they said they believed in it. And he said he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, if that's when they received the Holy Spirit, then why did he tell them, go to Jerusalem until they're filled with it? Because when he said we receive the Holy Spirit, that was really the same picture of what God did in the garden with Adam and breathed into him. Because it said Jesus breathed on them and he said receive the Holy Spirit. And that was when they got born again. But yet he said go to Jerusalem until you be filled with power from on high. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you, you maybe... We're filled with the Spirit a long time ago, but yet it's not something that you've been operating or flowing in. If that's you, and I'm just being obedient, just, just come to the altar real quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The promise of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Eric, the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit. The promise. Just just right where you are, just lift your hands and maybe you are filled with the Spirit. But maybe you're to say, Pastor Justin, I've taken the, I've taken this this gift for granted. I just thought it was something religious. I, I didn't realize it was such a big thing in my life.
And when the disciples heard about this, it said they went back and they had great joy. Great joy. Hallelujah. Maybe for some here, you, you say, you just need to return to the joy of your salvation. And when you turn to the joy of the salvation, then you'll, you'll understand and recognize this promise of the spirit that we've been given. Father, I thank you for great joy to invade every heart in this place today. I thank you for great joy to quicken every heart in this place today. I thank you for the promise of the spirit, the promise of the spirit, the promise of the spirit. Hallelujah. This gift, this promise of the father would resonate on the inside of every single one of our hearts that we wouldn't, we wouldn't put the, we wouldn't put the gift of the Holy Spirit on the side, but we'd recognize the importance of Holy Spirit working with us day in and day out. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Just thank him for the Holy Spirit in your life. Just thank him for the promise of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you, Father, for everything that came with the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you because of the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. We thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you for our ability to pray in other tongues, to pray the hidden mysteries of God. We thank you for the promise of the Spirit. Thank you that because of the promise of the Spirit, we have been dued with power from on high. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Put your hand on your heart. Hallelujah. Mm. Do you really believe that you have the promise of the Spirit? Do you believe with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength that you have the promise of the Spirit? Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I honor the promise of the Spirit that you've given me. Thank you, Father. Because of that promise, I am endued with I am clothed with your very power. I am wall to wall, Spirit of God on the inside. He lives in me. I do great things because the Spirit of God is in me. I have great wisdom because the Spirit of God is in me. I'm always in the right place. Because the promise of the Spirit directs me. So today, I praise you and I exalt you because of this guest, this gift that you placed in me. In Jesus' name. Give him a shout of praise. Amen.